Welcome to the Adventure Unfolding Podcast, where we navigate adult ADHD together. I'm Nate. And I'm Jess. I have ADHD. And I don't. And we wanted to share our story with you. Grab a cup of coffee. And your favorite fidget spinner. And come along with us as we unpack our latest adventure. I wish you could have heard how I wanted to start this episode. Yeah. He just told me he was going to edit it out. So um, we are talking about work today. This is the one about ADHD in the workplace. And Nate is going to be doing the majority of the talking. Well, you do most of I always do the majority of the talking, <laughs> whether we want to or not. This is going to be very specific, again, to your story and what you deal with. Because for 40 plus hours out of the week, you are working and you're also mentally dealing with work even outside of those times mm -hmm. so you have been through several jobs and we'll get into that in a minute prior to where you are right now but you've had to navigate those without the understanding of ADHD so why don't we start with you giving us a synopsis of all of the jobs that you've been through since graduating college and kind of walking us through the different ones that you've had to navigate before this diagnosis because there's been quite a few different job transitions and there's been quite a few different um, even careers and you didn't know you had ADHD and I think you have some pretty different things that you struggled with in those different careers because you had ADHD but we didn't mm -hmm. know it. So maybe start back at the beginning. Graduate, it's 2013, right. throw that cap. Yeah, so. so um Graduated in 2013, and I immediately went into a career in financial services um, where I was selling insurance and investments. And I was in that career for about four and a half years. I was promoted to a manager role. I was the youngest um, manager. At that time, I was the youngest ever manager in our district. Um, amazing. And... I we did that. We relocated for your job, we, too. We relocated. We were in Canton, Ohio, and then we moved up to um, Amherst, Ohio, because I was going to be managing a team in Elyria. So I was about an hour and a half north of where we graduated college and had been living um, and working for the first couple of years. Um, we decided to leave financial services because I was working a lot of hours, a lot of nights, and when our, our son was born, that obviously just didn't match how we wanted to be living. Um, I wasn't doing as well as we wanted to be doing, so we made a career change. That's when I transitioned over to software um, sales and took an entry-level role into software where it was kind of a career regression, or I would kind of take a step back to get into the industry that I wanted to get into um, and was able to kind of take the next step in software after eight months in that entry-level role and to take the next step in my career I chose a different company to climb the ladder climb the ladder yeah so mm -hmm. I went from an entry-level role into what what we call a closing role so I had more responsibilities uh, higher earning potential uh, that was what I wanted to be doing um, so in order to do that the fastest I switched companies um, and then in that next company um, it was a startup, and I was there for only eight months um, before transitioning again. Um, the whole long story on why I kept switched companies, I don't know if we have to dive too much into mm. it, but that first, that company, 
Um, there just wasn't a, there was some unethical behaviors in my mind that were happening within leadership, and when I addressed them about it, they didn't really seem to care. Um, so I decided to leave, although I really liked the industry that I was in, which is where I'm at now. Um, and then transitioned to another company that um, after I was there for a week, the company got sold <laughs> and then bought by a major corporation. And then um, for the next year, I think, mm -hmm. we were in a limbo of we're going to get sold to another company. That didn't end up happening. The current VPs bought the company. And that's when I was offered the role uh, that I'm at currently, which is at Viva. Um, Are you allowed to say that? Doing, yeah, I think I can say that. Okay. Yeah, everyone knows where I work. It's on LinkedIn. Okay, all right, yeah. sorry. Um, so when I made that transition though, I, part of why I want to do that is because I went from selling software to small to medium size companies to what we recall what we call enterprise sales, which is I'm selling a software that is considered a bigger impact and to sell it a larger groups. It's a higher ticket price. It's a more complicated cycle. It's a definite career advancement for myself. So in light of all of those different steps, do you feel like one job, sales mm -hmm. or financial services, was harder looking back now with ADHD? Yeah, I think financial services was much harder. Why? Um, because it was way more entrepreneurial, where everything was up to me. I had to really do everything I wanted to be doing. So if I, I had to find the people to talk to, I had to um, create a sales process that worked for me. I had to set my own meetings and hours, and you know I had guidance and I had leadership, but like it was all on my own. It was 100% commission, which was very scary, um, very rewarding and also very scary. Um, but specifically when I was in a managerial role, I was very young and probably, probably too inexperienced. Mm -hmm. um, I had a manager who, or a leader that really believed in me. Um, but all of a sudden I was tasked with not only controlling my own job, but also being responsible for other people's jobs. And that was a lot. There were times where my um, mentor and boss would call me almost every morning and we would have to talk through what I was going to do that day, who, what the plan were, was, who the most important people I had to speak to, what the most important tasks were. Hmm. And he worked really, really hard with me to help keep me focused. I wonder if he could tell. I don't think so. I think he could just thought phone. that I was new and needed needed. Yeah, but guidance. everything you just said is like a really wonderful strategy to use mm -hmm. with someone who struggles with ADHD. It's very true. And I would find myself in my office knowing I'm, I need to be focused right now. I've got to focus on this week and getting these appointments set and doing development with these reps and I've got to focus and I'm missing something. And I remember sitting in my office being like, I'm not focused, I need to get focused. Hmm. And I will never forget that because I always, I sat there and I was like, I'm failing right now because I can't focus. And I don't know what I need to focus on, but I need to focus on something 
and this is really, really scary. And what ended up happening is I would focus on the easy things to focus on, which were not the, the, the tasks that I needed to do to advance the business, which is not a good situation when you're working on commission. So that was the most difficult role I think I've, I've ever had um, and when I look at it from ADHD perspective. Yeah. So, I mean, one of the things that we had talked about, too, is like finding... And we talked about this, I think, on our marriage episodes, or maybe we've mentioned it on a couple already, but things that are interesting to you keep your attention. Mm-hmm. And so you have figured out, too, doing software sales is more interesting and it does keep your attention better. Not to say that you're not struggling with these ADHD characteristics still, but it does sound like it's a better path than financial services. Um, yeah, and I think a lot of it. A lot of it went to had to do with the fact that when I trans- transitioned to financial services, I transitioned into an industry where I could have a base salary. So the fear of not being able to provide for my family was alleviated. Mm-hmm. That's that was huge, for obvious reasons. Uh, but what's really interesting is I went from a role in financial services where it was all up to me and it was all over the place, and I had to be focused, which was very difficult to a role for people in, in software, I would transition to a role called a sales development representative or an SDR. And an SDR's job is to call companies and set meetings for the account executive to run. So my current title is enterprise account executive. Um, but I was tasked with calling companies and setting meetings for my team members to run. Mm-hmm. It was super focused. Mm-hmm. I had one job, set meetings. It was basic. You had Very one, basic. One, one thing. Send emails, make phone calls, mm-hmm. connect on LinkedIn, prospect accounts. Those are really the only things I had to do. And So do you feel like having, a, I don't want to say like a super basic job. Yeah. Like you still had to work hard. But do you feel like having a more basic job led you to be able to climb the ladder as fast as you have? Um, I don't know if I would say it that way because what I ended up seeing was I didn't like it. I wasn't, A, I wasn't very good at it. I was extremely average. Like in an SDR group, you are what's called stack ranked against everyone in your team. There's a list. Here's mm-hmm. who's number one. Here's who's on the bottom. And I was always somewhere in the middle, um, which was not the best place to be in this company that I worked for, if you weren't at the top, you might as well be at the bottom. So it was very, very kind of cutthroat. Um, but what I found is I got very bored. Mm-hmm. I didn't want to make 100 phone calls in a day. I didn't want to send 50 emails. I didn't want to go and look up these people every single day. When I first started, I was through the roof. I was like, this is great. I know exactly what I need to do. And I can just go do it. And I left that first day thinking, man, I just made money today because I'm on a salary. This is mm-hmm. unbelievable. Fast forward two or three months in, I'm like, this is boring. <laughs> I'm so bored by this. I don't, I don't have the energy to make mm-hmm. more phone calls. Like, this kind of sucks. So you couldn't find that sweet spot yet between find a sweet spot. the financial services, you're in charge of everything, versus the super boring basic job where you have one thing to focus on. Yeah. 
So then I Again, knew... these are ADHD characteristics that we're throwing out here too, right. which we couldn't pinpoint as that at that point. Right. So then I knew that I wanted to become an account executive where I would be in charge of running those meetings and closing those deals and in charge of more and have more earning potential. So I always thought it was because, well, this isn't what I'm supposed to be doing. I know I'm supposed to be doing this next job. I, need, I just need to go find that, mm-hmm. which I did. Um, and then I got into that role and now... I've worked at a couple different companies as an account executive and it's been way more fulfilling because I have way more things that I can do. Um, You know, I'm running meetings, discovery calls, I'm showing the product, I'm doing the prospecting that I did as an SDR. I get to do all of that. Mm -hmm. So my attention gets to be focused on these different things, which has been great. And Mm -hmm. it's been super rewarding. And then being able to take the next step and sell into the enterprise and uh, deal with really large ticket accounts and responsibilities that I look at as really great and other people view as exciting, like that's been really awesome. And I'm really proud of being able to take that progression in a re- relatively short period of time. But mm-hmm. looking back, if I had known that the reason I couldn't focus as a staff manager in financial services was because I had ADHD, mm-hmm. I think a lot of things would have been different. I do too. You want to share some? I think if I was able to, so I was very passionate about that industry. I really, really liked it. I had a personal connection to that industry and was super bought in. So I just, it was really, really hard to leave. If I, th- I think if I had known that the reason I was not focused was because of how my brain worked and not because necessarily because I didn't know what I was doing, Mm -hmm. then my mentor and I could have put a better plan in place. We could have approached things differently. Yeah. Um, We would have been able to... I think you might still be there. I potentially could have. If you had medication, if you had therapy, if we had hit this, I don't know, this point in Mm -hmm. the story seven years ago, eight Mm -hmm. years ago. Wow, eight years ago, nine years ago. Yeah, it was, it's a whole lifetime. I, I refer to it as my first career. Whenever I talk to anyone, I always mention my first career mm-hmm. was in financial services, four and a half years. Um, but yeah, I think it could have been very different. Hmm. Well, let's jump into some of the work-specific problems that you struggle with on a daily basis. You've listed out a couple of them to me. Do you want to just jump in and share, or do you want me to kind of hit you with some of these points? Uh, well, let me let me know if I miss anything. Okay. So right now, the biggest one, I've mentioned this before, one of the biggest ones that I've dealt with and had to figure out was this, I would find myself in these modes where I would be unproductive for multiple hours at a time, where I would just be sitting at my desk, looking at my computer, knowing I need to be be productive, knowing I I need to be doing X, Y, Z, and not, just not being able to do it. And I first noticed this. Um, when we were in that crazy period of we didn't know if that company was going to be sold, like I mentioned. Mm -hmm. It was actually a very, very difficult time. I was stuck at a company where I realized that I wasn't improving professionally. Um, The job I was doing wasn't fulfilling. Mm -hmm. I didn't feel like we had any direction that was exciting. But I couldn't go anywhere. I couldn't do anything about it. And we kind of felt like we were 
like hanging by a thread. Hanging like by a thread. We no, had no idea what each day was going to hold in terms of, are you going to have a job tomorrow? Are they going to sell the company tomorrow? Right. Like, where where do we go? What do we do? So it was very, very stressful. Very stressful. Um, definitely struggled with like some mild depression aspects in that period of time mm-hmm. where I'd find myself sitting at my desk being like, I don't want to do anything. And just being like this, I don't know what to do. Like nothing, has, I have no purpose. I can't, I'm not motivated to get stuff done. So I looked at that and I was like, well, it's just because of this company. It's just because mm-hmm. of what I'm in. Fast forward to now or pre-diagnosis, I was still dealing with the same thing. I was still sitting at my desk f- trying to figure out what I'm going to do, telling myself you need to be productive and not being able to do it. Um, which I later found out is called ADHD paralysis. Um, I'd also struggle with multitasking. Now, people talk about multitasking. Multitasking is not a real thing, right? You can't multitask. You're just switching between tasks incredibly fast. Um, But what would happen with me is I would... Whoa, you just like blew my mind. I... Wait, seriously? Yeah, so... I've had people explain that when you, people will talk about multitasking as like, I can do multiple things at one time, but your brain isn't doing multiple things at one time. Your brain is switching back and forth between tasks really quickly, Hmm. which some people are better at and some people aren't. So how it affected me was I would open an email type out the email, not finish the email, close the email, go over here, this message comes, respond to this message, look at this meeting, go to YouTube, come back, check LinkedIn, what was I doing, go back to the email, finish it, don't send it, start over. Like, un- like I couldn't finish anything, but I was just doing everything and being very unproductive. So that was a huge problem. And you view that as multitasking in terms of somebody with ADHD. Yeah, like I just couldn't focus on any, I couldn't finish a task. Everything was distracting and I needed to something to come up like, oh, I can do that right now. Oh, I can finish that right now. Oh, okay, I can go do that. But I hadn't finished anything yet, mm-hmm. um, which created kind of like anxiety. Um, and then besides, besides that, I found myself forgetting things a lot. I just thought I was just like a forgetful person, which I guess I am, but I found out that that's another symptom. Mm -hmm. So I would be writing things on notepads and writing myself notes everywhere and thinking I was managing it, but I really wasn't doing a super good job of managing it. So those are the big things that I thought of. Did I miss anything that you wanted that I had mentioned before? Well, you had talked about that there's a more engaging time of your day. Oh, So that sure. there's times in your day where you're just not going to be productive, and there's times where you are going to be really productive. Yeah, so I would find myself throughout the day, typically in like the afternoon, being like, I don't want to do anything. And like coming, I could feel myself being focused and then that focus like leaving and not understanding what was happening. So I just thought like, oh, I just need like more caffeine or mm-hmm. like, I don't mind a coffee drinker, but like most people would be like, just need like a cup of coffee to get me through the rest of the day. That afternoon jolt. Right, but even if I would do that, like I just would be hyper and not focused, <laughs> you know, like I just have more energy, but I'm not focused on anything. 
So that was a big problem because I was trying to do tasks during the point during these times of day that just didn't align and I didn't understand what the heck was going on. And it was very frustrating because it would lead to, you know, cramming things in at the last minute or not getting things done, scrambling at the end, like just not good things. Mm-hmm. You had also mentioned like you have tried so many different things to help you not forget things. Mm -hmm. But you also have so many things that you cannot forget. Like you cannot forget meetings and follow-ups and Mm -hmm. emails and projects. So how do you handle all of that? Like the logistics of your day-to-day job. How do you do that when you are prone to being super forgetful and not remembering? You, You have to strategically force yourself to remember these things. How do you do that? So, yeah, I mean... The problem that I saw was I would forget about meetings. I would be late to meetings. Um, I'd forget to send emails. Now, thankfully, it never got to a point where like people were like, what are you doing? Like, you're not reliable. Mm-hmm. It never got to the point where I became unreliable. It just became like an annoyance to me, obviously, mm-hmm. and just unprofessional. It wasn't acceptable for me to be forget about a meeting or be late every once in a while. So I just had to change how I looked at things. So we operate in Google as kind of wow, Google Calendar. I'm sure a lot of people do that same thing. Um, so I had to change my settings to remind me for meetings like multiple times. And I got into a habit of constantly checking when my meetings were. Mm-hmm. I put my calendar on my phone, which I didn't do for a while because... I didn't want to constantly be looking at it, but I did that because then I would be looking at it. <laughs> I would be constantly looking at it and not forget. Um, because there's even been times when you're on lunch break and all of a sudden your phone your phone will go off and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm supposed to be in a meeting right now. Right. You're like, what? And you got to go. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's still hard for you. Yeah. So... I want to. Sh- I'll, I'll circle back and talk about like how I've managed those now. Was there something else that I missed? I feel like there might have been something else that I missed. The only other thing I had written down was that you have different levels of focus. Yeah. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely do, and I think this is a lot of people deal with this, and I think this is always. I always bring this up because a lot of things that I deal with and symptoms that I have are not unique to someone with ADHD. I think everyone deals with being unfocused in certain parts of the day. Mm -hmm. I think everyone has forgotten something at some point. Everyone's been late to a meeting. Everyone's been late. So just because you feel those ways doesn't necessarily mean you have ADHD. But I think what it is for me and what I think other people is it's just so intense. Mm -hmm. It's like way more intense or way more frequent. Mm -hmm. So I would find that I'm, you know, I've always been... I've always been an early, wake up early kind of person. Way more focused in the mornings between 9 and 11, 9 and 11.30. Way more focused and can handle um, thinking about things kind of like the big picture. So I can, I can look at, take time and go, okay, this is a big goal that I need to accomplish and I can break it down very small pieces and figure out where I'm going to do that. What do I need to do first? Prioritize and execute. In the morning, I'm really good at that. In the afternoon, I'm not good at that. 
And the afternoon is a time where if I'm in meetings, that's great because you have my attention and the I can focus in meetings. Focused. Yeah, because we have to, we're talking about something specific. Okay. I need to be engaged. I can be engaged. Um, and once I got the diagnosis and understand that's very common to have your focus come in and out, now I can, I can feel that. I can feel, mm-hmm. oh, I'm really focused right now. Let me, let me work on this project. I can, cool. I can tell that I, I can focus on this right now. Yeah. And it is really cool. The downside of that is I can also feel when that goes away. And I have zero control over that. Yeah. So there's been definitely times where I'm working on something and I can literally just go, I'm done. Wow. Because I can just feel my, my attention's gone. If I keep trying to work on this project right now, I'm not going to get anything done. So what do you have to do in that instance then? I need to stop. And do what? Something, something else, else or walk away? or w- Something else. And what I've, but before diagnosis, I wouldn't know that. So I would keep trying to do the, the task mm. and the task would never get done. Or I would have to start it over at another point because it's not right. So now that I understand how my mind works, when I feel that, I stop. And I go, okay, I, I know my focus is not here anymore. Hmm. So what can I do now? What am I focused on? And I would look through my to-do list, which I keep, I use Google Calendar, and there's a task bar on the right-hand side where I write everything down that I need to do. If it's long-term, short-term, if I, as soon as I think about it, I try to write it on the tasks list. So when I get to that point, I go, okay, I can't focus on this right now, but I know there's lots of other things I need to do, but what were they? I don't remember because mm-hmm. I always forget. So I look at my tasks and I go, okay, I can't do that, can't do that, I don't have the attention for that. Well, I could do that one and then I'll try and do that. That's so good. So that's been, yeah, it's been really great. It's been really, really great to be able to understand though that your mind's gonna lose focus and that's okay. Yeah, Just not beating yourself up for it. I don't keep beat myself up for it. Smacking your head into a wall trying to finish a project. Just go, you know what? I'm done with that right now. I'm going to move on and do something else. And when I was in SDR, that was super hard because you'd hit that wall. I'm like, I can't make any more phone calls, but that's my only job. I didn't have anything else to do. Yeah. Right? And even the other tasks that I, I did have to do, like they would teach you, like, this is the time you need to do this task. Well, if my mind can't focus on that task, I'm screwed. Right. How, li- <laughs> you know? so, how limiting. Yeah. I mean. So that was super hard. But now, obviously, I have more flexibility and control so I can, I can pivot. Um, so let's talk to somebody out, out there who is dealing with this and is going, I don't like my job. I'm super bored. I'm super flustered. I freeze up all the time. They're hitting a lot of the points that we're talking about here, okay? Mm-hmm. In the past, I mean, I know we can say this. We've talked about this. When you get bored, you just switch companies. You've worked for a lot of companies. Mm -hmm. And we used to go like, okay, absolutely. Here we go. You've got to find fulfillment. You've got to find fulfillment. Where do you draw the line between finding a job that is fulfilling and does check all of the boxes of keeping you focused and entertained and engaged versus... I need to stick this out and train my mind to do this job that I have. How do you, how do you differentiate that? Um, yeah, it's a good question. And I've, when I was getting evaluated, that was one of the first things that 
why I was asked was, do you have a hard time keeping a job? And in my mind, I was like, yeah, like I've been at this company for four and a half years and then I was here for six months and then there eight months. And she was like, oh, no, no, no. Like if you were at a job for four and a half years, that's a really great thing. Mm -hmm. Um, Where I'm talking about like six months, three months, one month, five months, like that sort of progression. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh, okay. I don't have that problem, which has been, which was really good. But um, I... For me, I, I think there's, there's, it's always been a combination of this isn't exciting to me anymore, but also because there's been another factor. So mm-hmm. I left Compliant because I didn't align with how the CEO was running the company. Are you allowed to say that? Yeah, again, it's on, it's on LinkedIn. They okay. saw where I used to work. Okay. Um, I left that company because I didn't align with I don't think the CEO is going to listen to this, and if he does, you know, hit me up. We can <laughs> chat. But um, um, when I was compliant, I didn't agree with what the CEO was doing. That was out of my control, mm-hmm. and I think because of my ADHD, I have the ability to then disassociate and reassociate somewhere else very quickly, mm-hmm. um, and then. So you see it. You you see it as a good thing it has it has served me well I think other people with ADHD from what I've seen and heard from just others is that it can get to a point where they are in a job and they're really excited about it for four months and then they just aren't so they quit mm-hmm. just because they're bored that's never really been what's happened with with me mm-hmm. um, there's always been a strategic reason why I've le- wanted to leave a company or a personal reason mm-hmm. that I've left a company. It's never been because I was bored or I just wasn't excited about it anymore. There was always another was, factor. Right, okay. So I was able to kind of just, and I, I, I've, I know multiple people that have stayed in the same job for years. And every time I talk to them, they just don't like it. Mm-hmm. And I go, I would never be able to do that mm-hmm. because my mind, would just would just disassociate and be like we have to leave and maybe that's a good thing it served me well yeah because, i think it's been a good thing for me I mean, you should be in a spot where you love what you do and i've been very fortunate that i've just made the right connections and been able to you know follow the path that god's laid out for me and it's you've worked really it's hard worked, yeah and i've had to work super hard and i'm in a really really great spot and it's yeah. been really really rewarding all right so last question Talk to the person who has ADHD or maybe is thinking they may have it Mm -hmm. and they're struggling with a lot of these obstacles in the workplace right now. How do you encourage them to be successful? I mean, so I think what I've had a couple people reach out to me since the first episode aired, um, identifying or uh, identifying with some of the things that I've gone through. And I generally tell people like, okay, like go talk to some about it. Like if uh, if the person in this situation is undiagnosed, mm-hmm. like then you have to go talk to a psychologist. Mm-hmm. That's my first recommendation: is go talk to a psychologist because they're going to be able to look at you and go, "Yeah, that's ADHD," or it's not, mm-hmm. and it's something else. Or there, you it could just be like, "Yeah, you, you have a hard a time job. getting motivated." <laughs> yeah, you maybe just need a new job because you're not being fulfilled. You know. So go talk to a psychologist. Yeah. That's the first thing. And if you're 
in that mode, if you are if you are in that process and you're talking with somebody, then I would recommend that you make it a regular thing. Like have a therapist that you're talking to regularly to explain the situation and they will work with you on behaviors, habits to help shift that. Mm -hmm. That I've been doing that and it's been super helpful. Um, I've definitely been, you know, picking up advice from the therapist that I see and she's been really help with really great with helping with that. Mm-hmm. So I think those are the two things. Talk to a psychologist. Is that if that psychologist, like the one I speak to, is someone who can speak to you on a regular basis, then that's great. Mm-hmm. If not, then you know find someone that find you find someone that you connect with. with. Yeah. yeah, where you're specifically just talking about what you're dealing with and how strategies to overcome it. Whether or not there's a mental diagnosis at all, I think it's super helpful because that person will be able to look at your situation from the outside mm-hmm. and make simple recommendations that you will never see. Yep. And I think there have been times where like, even with, with me, I'll tell you like, hey, uh, uh, talk to the therapist today and she was saying this and it's something that you have said, yeah. but just having it come from that person makes it way more impactful. So yeah, I think absolutely. those two things would be where I'd, I'd suggest. We're trying to normalize therapy over here. Yeah. It's a good thing. Normal, normalizing therapy. Absolutely. Anything else you want to add about work? Um, I don't think so. I think if anyone, if you, if you listen to this and you have questions or you identify with this, feel free to reach out to Jess or I. I think one thing I just want to continue to let people know is you can identify and have characteristics of someone with ADHD and that does not mean that you also have it. Absolutely. You can have those traits and characteristics but not have a diagnosis. Um, or you can, mm-hmm. right? So I've had people reach out to me and go, oh, I do that same thing. And I'm like, okay, cool. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's great. Then we have a similarity there somewhere. But we can't diagnose you. I'm not going to diagnose you. Right. And so just always go seek a professional, I think, is my encouragement to people. Love it. All right, well, this is fun. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to talk to you again. <laughs> you I mean love- in like two minutes? Yeah, in like two minutes. <laughs> I love you. Love you.